0: Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance. We're in the next 15 minutes. I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Happy Monday. We are back at it again with 15 Minutes of Finance. And we are almost done with 2022. Uh, Pretty crazy. I hope all of you have a great Thanksgiving this week. And uh, let's just jump right into the term of the day here. So we have the DJIA or the DGIA or the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And so I'm sure you guys have heard the term Dow Jones, right? Some of you guys probably don't need this uh, definition, but some of you might like it. And I always like to refresh up on these. If there's one thing I could say about my field is that some of the very easy, simple, I don't know, casual, I guess you could say casual investor terms I sometimes completely forget because I'm so in the weeds. So sometimes the S&P 500, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, just re-upping my, uh, you know, Knowledge of the definitions and 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 how they get into those, uh, how how you get into that exclusive group, uh, is helpful for me. So let me read the Dow Jones Industrial Average really quick. Okay, so the Dow Jones Industrial Average, also known as the Dow 30, is a stock market index that tracks 30 large publicly owned blue chip companies trading on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, and NASDAQ. The Dow Jones is named after Charles Dow, who created the index in 1896, along with his business partner Edward jones uh okay so that was pretty pretty vague and 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 high level there but the dow jones guys it's not the 30 biggest companies it's just let me let me put it this way to get into the s&p 500 there's like a very uh outlined and scripted step-by-step process and things that need to be met by a company to be able to meet that same with the nasdaq uh but the dow jones is a little bit more vague So you just have to be a company with a great reputation. So that's think blue chip, like great reputation. You have to be, you have to want to have a lot of investors. So typically they have a large market share. And uh, lastly, they have to be really wanting to grow. So, and they have to be a non-utility. That's huge. Non-utility company. So if they're non-utility, they have large market shares and they want to grow, then they have an opportunity to be on the Dow Jones. But obviously... I mean, there are companies in the Dow Jones that are that are pretty big. You know, we're talking uh, Walgreens was in there. Exxon was in there. I don't think they are anymore, but the the companies that uh, get booted uh, get replaced by newer companies. Okay, so they're constantly Dow Jones is constantly changing. Uh, Anyways, that's very simple. Remember, S&P 500, 500 biggest companies, uh, Nasdaq technology companies, Dow is 30 blue chip, good reputation, non-utility companies. Okay, easy enough there. What is happening? U.S. stock futures are lower ahead of a holiday-shortened weekend, though shares of Disney are soaring over 8% in pre-market trading following the return of former CEO Bob Iger. Last week, markets finished flat to higher in choppy trading as gains in defensive stocks overshadowed declines in the energy sector. On Friday, the NASDAQ was flat, the Dow rose 06 and the S&P 500 was up 0.5%. However, the major indexes still largely posted losses for the week, with the Dow unchanged, the S&P 500 losing 0.7, and the Nasdaq shredding 1.6. Treasury yields rose on expectations that Fed will continue, hiking rates leaving the yield curve deeply inverted. The 10-year Treasury yields 3.8%, while the 2-year Treasury yield now yields 4.5%. The dollar gained slightly and posted its largest weekly gains in over a month as investors considered rising bond yields and continued interest rate hikes by the Fed. The Hang Seng sank 1.9 and the Shanghai Composite fell 0.4% after China reported COVID-19 cases rose, raising concerns of more lockdowns. That's just crazy. Oil dropped below $80 per barrel in the anticipation of the lockdowns in China and that they could hurt demand for fuel from the world's largest and biggest oil importer. Light sweet crude is now at 79.70 per barrel. Cryptocurrency prices are lower with the price of Bitcoin dropping nearly 3% to $16,070 as the impact of FTX's collapse continues to to spread throughout markets. Companies reporting today include Jamie Smucker, uh, Agilent Technologies, Urban Outfitters, Zoom Video Communications, and Dell Technologies. uh, Lastly, later this week, investors will also hear from retailers like Best Buy, Dick's Sporting Goods, Nordstrom, American Eagle, and Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about that really quickly. Not the largest companies reporting this week, but it, it's, it's still, it's still going to be a good week. You know, it's obviously pretty big retail, I would say. And then zoom, uh, zoom guys, zoom became huge during COVID and then just kind of tapered off. It's slowly been falling. I think it's holding, I don't know what its support level is right now, but it's, uh, that's a, that's a company that I I'm interested in following just because We're going to, I don't know if people are going, if businesses are going towards working from home more now, or if they're basically saying, let's everybody get back in the office. I'm not sure. I I hear different sentiments. So if people are staying at home, Zoom becomes huge. Zoom becomes huge. Uh, Let's see. Let's look at some head. Oh, hold on. Let me talk about this. So the FTX crash, we talked about that last pod. Uh, Guys, that is... I still can't wrap my head around it. It's like wildly fraudulent. It's evil if you really think about it. And my problem is, is that he did this corruption with people's money under the guise of doing good. Like a lot of people invested in FTX over Coinbase, over some of these other uh, crypto markets, or um, sorry, crypto broker dealers or uh, custodians. Because he said, hey, look, all this money I'm going to make, I'm going to give it back. Like I'm going to invest in environments and um, homeless and in mental health. All this, all these different, I, I don't even know what you'd call it, uh, nonprofit organizations. And although he did do some of that, a lot of it was corrupt. And uh, I just can't fathom, I can't fathom doing that with people's money. So it's very, very sad, and I still haven't gotten used to it. He's on his way to jail right now, and we will see what happens. His girlfriend's going to get in big trouble too. That was a weird situation. Uh, this is my advice to everybody. And this is, although I have a little bit of money in crypto, it's nothing crazy. It's very, I mean, pennies. Okay, we're not we're not talking a lot of money here. Um, my advice is this. If your advisor can't explain it to you, like a third grader, like, if they can't explain it like a third grader, and if you can't understand it like a third grader, then don't don't invest in anything. Don't invest in it. Okay, so my my thought process is, if I can't explain it uh, successfully to a third grader, then I don't really understand it. That's, that's my philosophy as an investor, as an advisor, and so I stay away from those things. And I'm telling you, I still have a hard time understanding the crypto markets and any use for... Any of these. I still have a hard time. Now, I did make some money on some of the crypto maybe a year ago uh, with some of these meme coins. And I just was having fun. I was just having fun. I wasn't trying to invest. It was just a joke. If I would have lost the money, I wouldn't have cared. But I don't understand it still. And I'll be completely honest. I don't understand it. And I don't recommend people invest in things they don't understand. And maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not smart enough. But... (laughs) It's uh, it's just sad. I, I can see a lot of people losing a lot of their money thinking that this was the future for them. So, uh, okay, enough of the sad stuff. Let's get to some of these headlines here. Uh, Paramount Global has decided it won't support an appeal of a recent ruling that blocked the planned $2.2 billion sale of its Simon & Schuster Book Publishing unit to rival Penguin Random House. A federal judge ruled last month that the merger would be unlawfully... Uh, Done and lessen the competition among book publishers. So I thought that was interesting just because I remember Penguin Random House. I totally remember that book company. So I was like, oh, okay. So Penguin is still around because they they usually make child's books, right? And now as we get older, we're not reading uh, Scholastic Book Fair books. (laughs) So uh, that was an interesting headline for me. Next, we have uh, two of the country's largest railroads will reveal today whether their members voted to accept a new wage deal, brokered by the White House, or reject it and move closer to a labor strike. Such a move could disrupt the flow of goods around the country during the holiday season. Tesla recalled more than 320,000 vehicles due to a taillight software glitch. The EV maker said the recall covers some 2023 Model 3 and 2020 to 2023 Model Y vehicles. Uh, Another one that I would have put on here that isn't on here, which is concerning is that a lot of people who don't like Elon Musk are starting to play unfair with Twitter. And I think it's going to affect Tesla. And what I mean by that is some people are posting whole movies on Twitter and then tagging like the, um, the well, producing company. Jeez. I, my brain went dead there. Yeah. The producing company of the film just so that way they could try and start lawsuits against Twitter have pretty, that's pretty wild to me. Uh, and it's, there's, there's hundreds of people doing this and some of the Tesla investors are worried that Elon can't wear two hats, which is listen, that's possibly true. We all only have 24 hours in a day. He's got a family. Uh, he's got four or five successful companies. So it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that. I don't think it's, I don't think Twitter is going to go down by any means, but I don't know how he's going to handle, or how Tesla's going to handle him being spread so thin, especially with people coming after him. Uh, Okay, this is the big story. Let's read this. Okay, I've got five minutes. I can get through this. Okay, Q4 2023 earnings estimates begin to fall. With most of the S&P 500 companies having reported third quarter earnings, analysts are now training their sights on fourth quarter profits and 2023 expectations. Companies accounting for roughly 90% of the S&P's market capitalization have reported so far, with third quarter earnings beating analysts' expectations by about 3%, a relatively low figure. Now, analysts are projecting that fourth quarter earnings will decline for the first time in two years as rising interest rates and slowing growth dampen the outlook for profits. Estimates have been falling for 2023 quarters as well. Goldman Sachs recently cut its 2023 S&P 500 earnings per share growth forecast to zero, citing weakening profit margins. Stocks have seen earnings per share forecast fall by 15% in the past six months, according to FactSet. For the fourth quarter, analysts are forecasting a 0.4% fall in year-over-year earnings for the S&P 500 companies, according to IBES I-B-S stat uh, data. That compares with a 5.8% increase forecast on October 1st. The last time there was a quarterly decline in the S&P 500 earnings was in the third quarter of 2020, when companies were reeling from the onset of the COVID 19 pandemic. Uh, okay, so what is what does any of this really mean? Uh, to me, it means nothing. Uh, I, I don't I don't read that and say that doesn't sound good. Uh, to be honest, I would say Goldman Sachs is probably over estimating here I think or underestimating I, I, don't, I don't think we're gonna see companies lose money next year I don't know what about that inflation's already started to go down um, people are still spending money all these we're about to have retailers make a lot of money just because it's the Christmas season so I bet at the end of this quarter they change this again Oh, excuse me uh, I bet you they change this again and it's probably gonna be more of a positive outlook but I will. I will say this, and I've preached on this for since COVID. Now, if companies stop making money, it, it the, the stock market will go down. It will go down pretty egregiously, in, in my opinion. Uh, and the way the way we look at it is like this: So, if you're trying you're on a, you're trying to lose weight, okay? Say you're trying to lose 20 pounds, and you work out really hard, and you're eating more healthy foods, you're eating out less. Okay, so you're doing two things that immediately can help you lose weight, right? But you're still eating too many calories. Okay, the calories are profit for companies. Okay, so if you keep if you eat too many calories, it will. It does not matter how much you work out or what kind of food you eat. You're gonna gain weight. Okay, it's the same thing with the way I value companies. Inflation can happen. Okay, uh, market sentiment can happen. A negative market sentiment can happen, but if companies keep making money, their stock's going to go up, okay? If you keep eating calories, you're going to gain weight. So, with this, if, they, if companies stop making money, if their earnings per share goes down, that could be, you know, on top of the uh, working out and the eating the right foods, that could be a trifecta of, you know, the perfect recipe for losing weight or for... Uh, the stock market to to go down, so that's an interesting visual, but I think it's helpful. Uh, it helps me at least, and I could see if we don't keep earning money, the companies, then a lot of, a lot of negative things could could happen. Uh, and I would say that would probably happen for a whole quarter, because that sentiment sort of rises and or maintains until the next earnings report. So that's kind of scary, but I don't I don't agree with it. So that visual is helpful for us, I think. But I I would say I don't agree with Goldman Sachs here. I think we're still in a buying period, and I think at the end of next year we're looking at probably at least a ten percent gain. Uh, that is my estimate. I will have to wait until the end of this quarter. So maybe come end of December, early January, I can give a better outlook for twenty twenty three. But that's just my that's just my current estimate. And obviously, this stuff changes, right? No one is married to this is how it's this is how it's going to be for the whole year. Anybody who says that, be weary of them. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And so, I, I like Goldman Sachs's reports because they're very thorough, but they're often off. I mean, really off. Goldman Sachs is usually really, really off. And there are some great independent uh, analysts and auditors who have uh, like Barini is one. Uh, Bob Brinker is one. Jim Cramer does one, but we don't like Jim Cramer. He's a little bit. I, even though I want to be the next Jim Cramer, uh, I don't. He doesn't always have great takes. I'll say that he doesn't always have great takes. And uh, yeah, they, so they exist. There are independent people who can give you a sentiment on the on their outlook of the of the market. So these big banks, although they have. I don't know hundreds, if not thousands, of analysts and investment bankers making these assessments. A lot of them are very reserved, and there's value in what they say. There's usually money behind it. So if they say the market's going to go down, maybe they're investing in it. Although that's technically technically illegal, you can't really prove that. But that would be my sentiment. There probably there's probably money behind this move. I don't think it's necessarily the truth, and uh, we'll just have to keep a keep a Keep an eye on it, I guess, is what I would say. But anyways, guys, that is it for today. As always, invest early, invest often. We will see you next time.